We are talking offensive depth chart because camp mm. is here. The season is around the corner. We got John, John Tweet Sport with us, and we're going to talk about who is going to be the starting lineup for your Georgia Bulldogs come game one right here on Locked on Bulldogs. You are Locked on Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. I am Daniel. That is Clint. And John, welcome back to the podcast. It feels like family today. It feels like old times. This is this is what it's all about. I'm just glad. Thanks for making time for me. You guys have, have blown up. You've reached the big time. Come on now. I appreciate just remembering the little people. Uh, Come on now. That's it's silliness. Um, we get way less mean comments when John is on the podcast. Take that oh, for what you will. Take comments. that for what you will. Um, look, we only we, we bring you out for the big guns, and we know we're getting close to the season, and so we know that um, that it's time to start getting serious. And so, uh, thanks LinkedIn for being the sponsor of today's podcast, and we're going to jump into some offensive depth chart. Um, we're going to talk about the defense tomorrow, so if you're interested in that, stay tuned. Um, let, uh, go watch that episode, listen to that episode. Uh, as always, thanks for subscribing on YouTube or audio, Spotify, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your audio. Um, uh, and leave us a rating and review and a comment on YouTube. All that's uh, welcomed. So let's don't bury the lead anymore. We're going to jump into the depth chart. I don't know how much we'll get into backups, but we'll certainly talk about starters and then maybe just key contributors at every position. So who do we project to start? And then who are the guys behind that guy that you might want to keep an eye on that you might want to watch out for? And so we'll obviously start with the quarterback position. It's Stetson Bennett. That's the starter. No big surprises there. Um, uh, John, thoughts on the quarterback position and the stability of the quarterback position going into uh, year 17 for Stetson Bennett as a Georgia Bulldog? Listen, uh, I I like where Georgia is at quarterback. I am a Stetson Bennett believer. I think um, if you look at the history of Todd Munkin and his ability to uh, coach players, uh, particularly when you get into the mm. third year of a system, mm. which Stetson Bennett will be in his third year with Todd Munkin. Um, and if you look at what he's building off of, a, a full year in the system, a full year getting you know, for the majority of the year, getting reps with the ones. Now you have a full off season where you get a rep reps with the ones where you come in as the guy, you have your strength and conditioning. I feel like Georgia is, is probably uh, not probably Georgia is in the best position at quarterback from a starting quarterback standpoint than they've been in the last three years since Drake from went to the NFL. Um, that's, oh. that's my, that's my feeling going into this year. Yeah. 
you i mean i think we're both on that train uh and have been um i, I do think it's definitely carson beck i think we're all in agreement there mm-hmm. if there is an issue injury or other with stetson bennett i do think it's carson beck is first off the bench and then I think, you know, there's a chance you could see a little Brock Vandegrift sprinkle in there. Possibly sure. it's 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 not unheard of. It is against um, against the grain of what Kirby typically would you would think of him doing. Um, but you might you might get a little uh, Brock uh, sprinkled in there. But yeah, I'm going to yeah. call one shot right here. Just very briefly. Oh, I love it. Early. Already don't. Get don't on, sleep. Get, don't sleep on Gunner Stockton beating out Brock Vandegrift for that third QB spot. Ooh. Gunner um, has certainly um, a ways to go in terms of you know it's a complicated system. You're leading a team for the first time if you're lining up under center or, or in the shotgun. It's Georgia mostly does, but this kid uh, is looking very comfortable. It looks like his time in Athens um, for, as an early enrollee has been fruitful um, and he's a super gifted athlete. So we're, we're obviously talking about the third string of the depth chart from a quarterback sure. standpoint, but, uh, but don't sleep on, don't sleep on it. I was not a Gunnar Stockton believer mm. earlier this year. Um, the more I hear from what's going on behind the scenes, I'm starting to believe. Well, don't read, that. don't read the YouTube comments because Gunnar Stockton is trash because he didn't play anybody in high school. And so he's not, yeah, he's not, he's not a real quarterback. That's what, that's perfect, what you're going to learn from the educated folks down there. Got it. Got it. Just heads yeah. up y'all. The, the factoid right there, Todd Munkin year three of a quarterback and an mm. offense watch out. Don't miss, don't miss it. Mm. All right. Let's get into running backs. Um, y- you know, John, you know this about Clint Knight. We do love Dejan Edwards, and we we talked about him at length on the podcast. We like him a lot. Okay, we like him a lot. But Clint, yeah. I don't want to speak for you, but I think I think we both would say Kendall Milton is still number one on this depth chart. Is that right? Yeah. That so is that's correct. You've spoken well. That is our take, John. Is it's Kendall Milton, and then it's a Kenny Mack, Dejan Edwards. Probably I'm going to go sandwich there at two. I'm going to go T two. Maybe mm-hmm. like um, what what are your thoughts on the running back depth chart and how it plays out? Yeah, listen, I think this is um, I, I think this is Kendall Milton's year if he can stay healthy. I think it's his year to step into that Zamir White, Nick yep. Chubb kind of role in this offense. Right. Um, I think Kenny McIntosh is a very, very talented uh, back. Um, I don't. You know, we're also talking about, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, I know, as we get in, into the podcast, but the way that Georgia rotates skill players, um, you know, when you're talking about starters, you're re- it's really a 1A, 1B kind of situation. Um, I think it's going to be Kendall, Kendall Milton, uh, and then definitely for me would be Kenny McIntosh. I, I love Dejan Edwards, but I think what Kenny McIntosh gives you out of the backfield, catching the ball, um, I think what he gives you, you know, kind of even lining up a little bit if you wanted to put him out in a in a slot position with some motion and do some trickeration like Munkin does at times. I think that's a guy uh, that has more talent in those areas. So, but I I, I wouldn't sleep on Dejan Edwards. Um, I also think you know you have two guys, two true freshmen uh, mm-hmm. that uh, in yes, Andrew you do. Paul, Andrew yes, you Paul. Do. Remember Andrew Paul? This kid was like a three star that no mm-hmm. one had ever heard of, mm-hmm. and 
Mm-hmm. He's gonna be real good. All he's done since Camp John is what? What has he done in camp so far? Just impressed just, everybody. Yeah, they they refer to this behind the scenes as he's flashed. Um, he's done mm-hmm. nothing but flash. Um, mm-hmm. Kid is very gifted uh, in Branson Robinson, but I think it's Kendall Milton, Kenny McIntosh, and then Dejan Edwards. Um, I hope Dejan Edwards gets. I would love to see him play more of a DeAndre Swift. Uh, type role in this offense as that third back um, yeah. that you had in, you know, kind of that 2017 run. I don't, yeah. And I, and I don't dispute that that's probably the order. And I'll just say on the podcast, what, you know, I, I'm not, I like Kenny McIntosh catching the ball, mm-hmm. but I, I'm at the point in my life where I'm ready Here to say, I do not like Kenny McIntosh being handed the ball in the backfield. I just don't care for it. It's it's just I haven't seen a lot of great things. And if you want to send me clips of some tape where he's doing a lot of great things being handed the ball, that's fine. I just don't see a lot of it out there. I think Dejan Edwards is the second-best runner on this team, and I'd like him to get – the second most carries on this team, not Does, snaps, yeah. but carries. Doesn't he yeah. give you? Uh, do you remember work done of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Every single time he co- he got the ball, you were like excited <laughs> for him, but at the same time you're like, oh my gosh, negative two yards may be a very very likely outcome of this. Uh, I can sense that's kind of what your feel and take on Kenny McIntosh is, Daniel. Absolutely, he brings a lot of value to the team, and that's why I think he's going to get a ton of snaps. Okay, mm-hmm. I think he's going to get a ton of snaps, but. I, I just I don't know how many two back looks we're going to get this year. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll get to tight end, I think, on the depth chart momentarily, but um, it's crowded yeah. over there. And so I don't know how many two back. We've had a lot of two back for many years at Georgia. Yeah. We've played a lot of multiple backs. Okay. James Cook and Zamir White were basically on the field together the entire season at times last year. And so. I don't know that you're going to get that much of that this year. There's plenty of slot receivers. And so Kenny Mack, I think, is going to have to show that he can carry the ball to be valued as the number two back. Here's what I'll say with the number two back, just real quickly. What Kirby Smart values in a running back is knowing pass protection. And one of the things I will say is whether he's a good blocker or not, Kenny McIntosh does know where to be in pass protection in those situations. And so um, I think that's something that, um, you know, I just Dajan Edwards hasn't been in the game enough in passing situations. And so I agree with you, Daniel. I think like from a carries perspective, would love to see him get the second most carries, um, you know, on, on uh, run, run downs and run situations. I think um, Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton, just seem to know the pass protections and that that's yep. a big it's just a big that's deal. right and you know that's, and that's, a, that's why and, and i think dajan i think if he continues to progress as a pass blocker as a pass mm-hmm. protector you can see him move up but that's been the one thing um that i feel like has been missing for him and probably no fault of his own right it's just hard to get it's hard to learn that when you're not getting reps with in the in that first or second or even third yeah. or fourth and again order. see previous yeah. statement about Todd Munkin and the third year every single <laughs> year at UGA the passing attempts is like this y'all mm-hmm. and so with that 
taking place, running backs need to be in positions to protect yeah. that extra blitzer that they're going to yes. bring um, because they're not going to be able to cover all of our receiving options this coming year, which we'll get to right after this. But first, we'll let you know all know about LinkedIn. LinkedIn, Daniel, have you heard of LinkedIn before? You know, remind me because it sounds familiar. Okay, but, I'll remind you. Okay. John, we already know John is is like the CEO of LinkedIn. We Possibly. don't have any proof for this, but I don't have proof that it's not the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, LinkedIn is the place to go for everything you need to hire the best performing employees that you can find. Right people for your team, small businesses firing on all cylinders. LinkedIn's job is here to make it easier to find people that you need to talk to faster and for free. Create a job post in minutes with LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond. Of over 810 million people, just shy of the amount of runs the Braves gave up to the Mets this weekend. Sorry, I'm pissed. Then add your jobs on the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn number one. LinkedIn jobs help you find the candidates you need to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million jobs, job seekers visit LinkedIn, post your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. It's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Number one, how dare you? I know. I, I'm sorry. We're trying to have a good Christian podcast over here, and you're just oh. out here. Uh-uh. Nope. Number I'll pray two. For you. It's fine. I'll pray for you. <laughs> Thank you. Number number two, you're talking about John, John Tweet Sports over here being the CEO of LinkedIn. Meanwhile, it's it's executive producer intern M dubs that's out here tweeting pictures of himself on a yacht. He just spent nine months in Mexico or something. Like I don't know that's, what this man's doing, but he out here just living ex- a life. Listen, executive intern producer M dubs, I'll just tell you, this man has not been at work in like two weeks. <laughs> So he's been traveling the world. It may be be three. It may be pushing three. So you haven't seen him in three weeks. We haven't seen him in nine months. You said he hadn't been at work in three weeks. You must mean a different job because he hadn't shown up to this job in quite some time. Oh, I mean any job. Period. We got. Uh, All right, we got to talk about pass catchers, and we're going to do the the, all the pass catchers in the second segment of this podcast. All right, so just look. We're going to keep. We're going to keep this one short and sweet. Okay, the tight end room. There is no depth chart. There is. Is just depth. It is just people on top of people. Uh, Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, Eric Gilbert. Do you see the need, John, to differentiate between those three guys in some way? Or are we comfortable saying those three tight ends are about to go out here and eat? I, those three tight ends are going to go out here and eat. Um, mm-hmm. And by eat, I mean the only differentiation you have is I think Darnell and Brock Bowers are better blockers. So they'll probably be, if you're running 12 personnel and run situations, that's probably who you're going to have in Eric Gilbert um, is, is going to be uh, a guy and Brock Bowers as well that you can line up in the slot. Um, Darnell Washington can probably do that too. I don't know how much of that we'll see from him, but but these are all slight, these are all slight variations, right? Like these are no, you're essentially looking at a three headed monster, um, and that's also why I'm a big proponent of, you know, it used to be run the damn ball was kind of the, the mantra at Georgia. My mantra for the 2022 season is say it. run the damn 13 personnel. Yeah. Just put give all three of them out there. Just give me 13. And just, just for all, all the listeners that were like mocking us, like, oh, there's no chance they put three tight ends at the same time. Oh. Bet me right now. Run Bet me right now. Listen, you may see a 14 personnel this year. You, you may see a 14 personnel. You, I'll tell you, you somebody it's going to be hard to keep off the field. Say a young man that, named Oscar Delp. That, so that was, next, that was my next 
that was my next question to you. So now, is it so now you got the three headed monster, you got just the freaking Cerberus over here defending George's offense. Um, is number four one of the two forgotten about tight ends, Rylan Goad and uh, Brett Seether, or is number four on the depth chart in your mind, um, the young freshman Oscar Delp? I think right now it's Oscar Delp, and the reason I would say that is because um, Rylan Goad and I know Brett Seether is banged up as we currently speak in fall camp. I'm not even sure how much work he's been able to get in at fall camp. Ryland has been battling knee issues for a long time. Um, it, it seems like, you know, the last year at least. And so for me, again, it, when health is not an issue, when guys are getting all the reps that they need to get, then this tight end room goes as deep as you want to go. But sure. when I look at those two guys who are, who again are super talented, people don't, it's hard to get past Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington and now Eric Gilbert. Uh, but Brett Seathers and Ryan Goat are, are super talented guys. Um, one of those guys could potentially play that John Fitzpatrick type role in this mm. offense. But I just think, with personally, from what I've, from just watching highlights, from hearing things coming out of camp, I think it's Eric Gilbert, uh, Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, and Oscar Delp. Like, I think that's who you're going to see. Yep. You, Oscar Delp's catching touchdown passes this year, y'all. Uh, he's he will catch. He might touchdown run. Passes. He might run a couple of touchdown passes. No, again, just if watch you, out. Just watch because out. he is a clone of Brock Bowers, and Brock Bowers yes. burst on the scene last year for thirteen tuds. Yeah. So I know Brock yeah. is still there, and I know all. But but you can't yeah. keep that kind of talent off the field. Yeah. All right, let's talk about receivers, um, John. Let's talk about the the X and the Z receivers. Okay, so the 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 two. The two, what you, whatever you want to call them, the two sideline receivers, not the Outside slot. Receivers, yeah. yeah. Um, number one, who you got starting at each of these positions, and number two, uh, how do you necessarily, when you think about this Georgia offense, do you differentiate between these two positions, or mm-hmm. do you view them mostly as similar? I differentiate them. Uh, the uh, I differentiate the outside receivers from the slot receivers simply of because course. Georgia Georgia can line up a slot. A, you know, you can line up a tight end in the slot, right? Um, but I think for me, I don't differentiate in terms of what an out outside receivers are asked to do. Yeah, I think you got to be able to do all the things that an outside receiver has to do. I don't think Georgia lines up a guy at X, for example, and you're just running go calls, and then the guy at at Z is you know running more yeah. complicated routes, right? Um, so who you got at each of these two positions? I've got Ad Mitchell, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. I'm gonna put I'm gonna go out on a limb and put Lad McConkey as an outside receiver, not a guy in the mm. I think Lad McConkey uh, is going to surprise some folks on the outside, uh, lining up way out there and making making some guys look silly. Um, those are the two that I that I would have. Uh, for those positions to start. Clint, so this, what, this Clint, group is going to go deep too, though. What's your take on that? What's your take on Ladd out of the slot into the boundary a little bit? Uh, my take is this. Ladd McConkey may be second on this team in touchdown pass catches this year. If you gave me juice on that instead of A.D. Mitchell, 
Brock Bowers is going to be number one. I suspect, again, he'll repeat as that. But if you were looking at Lad McConkey and you're looking at, again, what Kirby values really, really high in wide receivers, ability to block, know the scheme, and get open. Route running. Okay? This is very, very key. Lad can do all that. He is twitchy off the line of scrimmage. Uh, he gets behind defenses. And he's stayed healthy. These are key factors that other wide receivers are. So if you were to give me some juice that Lad McConkey, if you were to tell me at the end of the season, Lad McConkey is the leading outside receiver in touchdowns, I, I'm not going to be shocked by that. Yeah, I, you know, I was watching the Clemson game. You guys remember the Clemson game last year? Oh, we, oh I remember. It's a good time. Was good. Good time was had by all. And listen, I know we were we were thin at wide receiver in that game. We were there was some questions about you know like we had some guys. Kiaris was out. We had some guys that were out for that game. Obviously, George was out. But you look at the targets that obviously Brock Bowers burst on the scene. Brock Bowers got the ball thrown at him. You know, JT Daniels couldn't keep his eyes off Brock Bowers in that game. But you look at the targets that Lad McConkey got in that game. Uh, JT overthrew him on a touchdown that would have been an, uh, an absolute beauty. He was up there and he was ready to catch the ball. The, Lad McConkey, even first game. Out of the gate as a true freshman, th there's something about this kid. Now, he certainly looks like a slot receiver. But, John, yes. I don't hate the idea because you're not going to see a ton of slot receivers. On this. You, you just go. can't. There's the, not enough the, people. The issue like, is you're going to line up a tight end in the slot probably – as much 70, or more than you line up a wide receiver there. Yes, absolutely. Tight, tight so, so, yeah. so, so, Lad is a, is a guy that you just can't keep off the field. And when I go down right. and look at what this offense is is potentially going to do based on what we saw last year, and hopefully building on that is, um, man, I just think he's just he, twitchy is the right word. I don't. He's not a burner, right? He's not a no. He's not a Jameson Williams guy that's just going to outrun everybody. But no. he can make you. He can get you out of position as a defensive back very early in the route, and then he's by you, and then yeah, good luck. He go. Uh, three more names that I'll get your gentleman's take on quickly, and that is Roseme, Jack Saint, Morissette, and Jackson Meeks. I I think you're going to see some Jackson Meeks in this. I'm going to slip him in there. I know the other two are probably names more at the tip of people's tongue when they think about these outside receivers. Um, but what are your thoughts on those three fellas and who's going to be coming in next uh, in terms of depth? Yeah, my, my thoughts are um, you can take all three of those and in the in that second line on the depth chart you can put all three of them mm. uh but uh, if i had to put them in order uh i would put marcus rosemey jackson um i would put denylan morissette and jackson meeks probably you know three a three b but i i agree with you jackson meeks i think is you know kirby kirby smart doesn't talk about a lot of players specifically when he gets up in these press conferences and he has mentioned jackson meeks name um last year especially a couple times yep and that's like you know to me i think he doesn't you know kirby he doesn't waste words he he says a lot of things that i you know that's a lot of coach speak but he doesn't waste words when he's talking when he's naming players and talking about them yep. specifically and you've heard jackson meek's name out of his mouth a, a couple times over the last year um and and i think that kid uh 
is going to get he's going to push for playing time for sure. That's Kerbinese 101. You got to pay attention. Uh, Clint, very quickly, and then John's going to tell you probably why you're wrong. Um, who you got as your number one in the slot? Number one in the slot, who's it going to be? You got really two choices, but I'm going to make you choose one of those two. If we're not talking Eric Gilbert and Brock Bowers. Yes, and, I'm talking about slot okay. receivers. I'm talking about slot <laughs> okay. receivers. Right. Thank you. All right. um, my personal number one would be Dom Blalock back fully healthy. That would be mm. my personal number one. I think it's mm. going to be Karis Jackson is mm. going to be the slot mm-hmm. out there. But if it was up to me, if I was doing the depth chart, give me Dom all day long. Wow. John? Yeah. That's fair. I'll tell you that you're wrong because <laughs> Karis Jackson – he tweeted. So Kirst Jackson was put on the preseason all SEC team. First team. People love at, old people. People just a, love them. Wait. He was put on this preseason all SEC team as a return specialist, not as a wide receiver. Ooh. And he tweeted. Kirst Jackson, he tweeted. He said, oh. about time to put some respect on Uh-oh. me as a receiver. Uh-oh. And when he tweeted that, I thought, oh, all right. And he's been on a couple of there's been a couple of interviews where Kyrus Jackson has said, has basically said, I am out to prove that I am an elite receiver on this football team. And so with that being said, with him being where he is, um, that it's hard to bet against. It's hard to bet against that kid. So we'll see. Yeah. Love Don it's- Blaylock. If, he, if Don Blaylock can stay healthy, the, the sky's the limit for him as well. But I think Kyrus has some swagger coming in this year. Let me just remind everyone here before okay. we're gonna we're gonna shift to offensive line in segment in segment three. Let me remind everyone there are not enough footballs for all of the people that you think are going to have breakout years this year to have breakout years. There are just not. If it it doesn't mean they're bad at football, and it doesn't mean we hate them, but not everyone's going to have a breakout year because. There just aren't enough. We haven't even mentioned Arian Smith's name yet. I don't know. Like, we're not even out here talking about the fastest, biggest deep ball threat on the roster. Um, and so there's there's just not enough for everybody to – it'll be interesting. Let's get to the big guys, um, uh, and we will do that when we come back. Right after we tell you about the fine folks over at Bet Bet BetOnline is your online sportsbook expert. They are the place that you go if you want to place a wager on sports. Uh, Bet online, the official sportsbook partner of the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast, and the only place Clint and I trust to do all of our online wagering. Listen, season win totals are out. Uh, championship futures are out. Uh, week zero games are out. There's spreads on week one out. Jump on some of these lines over at Bet Online. Make your deposit now. Get ready for the season. When you do, enter the promo code Locked On. They're going to give you a bonus on your initial deposit, free money with which to wager all season. You wager it, you win, you cash out, you have more money in your bank account. It's just that simple. At BetOnline.net, your online sportsbook experts. Offensive line coming up next. I think we have a pretty good idea of what this offensive line is going to be. However, uh, let's run down the guys that we've talked about getting the the absolute anchors. Warren McClendon on the right side. And then we got a guy coming in who showed out in the natty in uh, limited, but very important, important time. That was very important. 
duty. You cannot, um, you cannot overstate how important that duty was. It's, yeah. I mean, Will Anderson, I've been told the best football player on the earth. I heard he was pretty good. Yeah. And I watched the name that Clint is about to mention just push him yeah. right down. Yeah. Just let just, him go with the flow. Broderick just decided right. to say, I'm the captain now. I'm I'm your party captain. Um Broderick Jones and Warren McClendon, they've got those tackle spots on lockdown. I feel better as Clint said, Clint said this might be the best two tackles George has had in the recent future. I'll tell you this, going into the season. I haven't felt better at tackle for Georgia in a long time. They may not turn out to be as good as Isaiah Wilson and Andrew Thomas, but going into the season, I feel better about this tackle situation Mm -hmm. than I've felt in a long time. Broderick Jones, and uh, who Clinton, I believe, John, is going to be a first-round draft pick, Warren McClendon. I think he's going to play his way right into the first round this year. Um, Those are two elite tackles. Yeah, and behind either one of those guys, you got a Marius Mims who came yep. back, yep. put his head down, who is an absolute freak. As he well. transferred. He transferred out. I don't know if you knew that, John. He left the program. He was gone. Kirby is a problem. There's a culture problem at Georgia. There's a big Kirby culture had problem. Kirby had lost control of the program. Is what that's I accurate. So Marius Mims is gone. He's transferred out. No, wait, he came back. He went. He went to Gainesville, Florida, and was like, "I'm sorry, no." I'm sorry. No, I want to come back. Can I come back, please? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, well, and then we just Cedric Van Pran, uh This 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 man has locked up the center position. You want to talk about starting every game for a national championship winning team last year? You want to talk about an anchor of an offensive line? Georgia doesn't have any returning talent, but and yet the entire offensive line comes storming back, um, led by I think this guy, really an anchor in the middle. Feel really good about him uh any thoughts on who the second center would be in a in a pinch john or is this too deep in the weeds no i'll give you real quick it's going to be the guy that was the second center last year oh mm-hmm. yep he's the second everything on Lord the team Erickson. he's literally he's the backup Lord to every position he is, yeah. he is warren erickson who is a good who is a really good football player uh, yeah, uh, was starting center and then went to guard and became the backup center. Mm-hmm. And I think he slides right into that backup center position. Uh, All right, so let's talk about guards because um, Kirby is he's losing sleep over the guards is what he would have you believe. He is absolutely he's just he's sick about it. He cannot even stomach the fact that there are only. I don't know, seven returning guards who have game experience on this team. I'm not sure if you count them up. Kirby get, I heard Kirby get asked about this last week. You guys yes, talked sir. about it on the show on Friday. Yes, he did. Yeah, he's, so um, he's he's freaking out about the guards. Um, are you freaking out about the guards? And who do we think is going to get those two spots? Because there's really a lot of names here for us to sift through. A lot of names. I'll tell you who um, who has been – taking reps at practice from all you can read all the reports online uh at right guard is big old number 69 tate ratledge flowing Mm. mullet (laughs) who was the starter who was a starter at guard last year for the national championship team on the in the first game of the season yeah the first game of the season this kid came in and beat everybody out who beat out a lot of names that we're going to mention right here in a second beat them out last year 
Um, yeah. And now he's back. If he can, if he can fully rehab to a hundred percent, I think he's going to lock down that right guard position. I think he, mm. uh, he's the prototypical right guard, and um, he, you know, between him, Van Pran, Tate, and Warren McClendon, that <laughs> that right side is going to be real good. And Big O, good. And, and Big O, and Big, Big o, o, right next to him. I don't luck. care. You give it to Kenny McIntosh all you want. It doesn't matter. Just <laughs> run him to the right. Run to good the luck. right, young man. Just go. Good luck on that yeah. side. No, I think Tate Rattledge has is a guy that you got to throw in there. Um, and then I think you know you you have to look at. There's a we've talked a lot right about a guy like Xavier Trust who his name has come up a ton. He played and didn't play well. Um, against Cincinnati in that Peach Bowl, but but he but he's a guy that's been that's been there. Um, you got a guy named uh, Dylan Fairchild mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. that is in that mix. These are all when I look at right guard, these are guys that you know come to mind for that position. I'm separating right guard and left guard because they are two to me very distinct positions. Uh, but on that side, those those are some names that that I'm throwing there for for the right guard. What about you guys? I- yeah, I, I like Tay Rowlish. I think if he's healthy, he's the guy. He mm-hmm. he is the guy. I, I think he's the best guard on the team. He was the best guard on the team last year, and I think the, the coaching staff knew that. And so it's all going to be about health. Yes, He is less than 12 months away from a major lower body injury, and so you 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 just do not know how things are going to proceed. I would not be surprised at all if he does not start the season Mm -hmm. against Oregon out there on the field, if he is not yet ready to go. But at some point along the way, Tate Rattledge is coming back, and Tate Rattledge will insert himself into that lineup. Um, When you think about left guard, I don't know. Is it as simple as saying Warren Erickson's the next best football player on the team? And so we'll put him at left guard. Is it that simple? It's it's never that simple with Kirby Smart, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, are we are we are you guys kidding? Um, no, it's not that simple. Come on, I think it's going to be like I think Kirby. I think on that left side, there are guys that have been uh, in the system for a little while, for a couple years, that I think. If Warren Erickson is going to be that guy, he's going to have to beat out a couple of those guys that have been in the system uh, for for a couple of years. And you're those talking guys, about like Devin Willick, Devin Willick, mm-hmm. Devin Willick, and Micah Morris are the two that I would say right away are are guys that have been in the system for a couple of years that that are true guards. Devin Willick is is the one that his name keeps coming up again online. You y'all can go read it. Mm-hmm. This guy is six seven, three hundred and thirty five pounds. No, he's big. No, he's big. He's quite he's a, big. He's a mountain on that side, and he's been in this, and he's been in this system um, uh, since he's class of twenty twenty, I think. So he's been in this system for a couple years now. Um, for me, I think you know it's not going to be Warren Erickson if you have one of these younger guards that can play, and and Kirby, you know, he's gone. They've gone out and recruited four and five star guards, right? Like you got guys on the on the team that can play. Um so for me, I think Devin, Devin Willick is is a name that keeps coming up. Um Michael Morris, again, I'll throw out Dylan Fairchild. I think there's a few names um that keep coming up uh that could play on that side too. Yeah, to me, I just think you're mm-hmm. it the fact that there was a coaching change at offensive line, mm-hmm. right? 
I think that's the only chance that Xavier Truss has of seeing this field. <laughs> like that's that's, that's it. Because that's under the in the old staff, I don't. I think Xavier Truss had used up all the strikes. Like I think they put him in, and he just he blew an yep. assignment, and he whiffed, and he false started, yep. and he held somebody. Yep. Like I. You saw Xavier Trust getting yelled out on the sidelines more last year than you did virtually any player on the team. And and so it doesn't instill a lot of confidence in you, but he obviously has the physical tools yeah. that, like, if he could get it together, I mean, what an animal that could be yeah. on the offensive line. But, yeah. you, you know, Devin Willick, similar-sized guy. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe it's his his opportunity. Here's the one thing I'll say that people that people won't like when I say this about a guy named like Warren Erickson. Oh, here we go. Um, do you know how many, do you, do you know how many, do you remember Solomon, a guy named Solomon Kinley that played mm. guard in Georgia? Mm. I remember. Love that. Okay. Warren Erickson played more snaps at guard last year <laughs> than Solomon Kinley did in his senior year when he went, you know, wherever he went in the draft, like really high in the draft. Um, this, the guy has played a ton at the position, and so this coaching staff loves Warren Anderson. That's why I yeah, say, um, is it just yeah, as simple as just I, slot him in? It's because, not like, that simple, and I think your your coaching change situation is a big reason why it's not that simple. But that being said, if one of these other guys do, if they don't figure it out, uh, yeah, I do think Kirby will go tap Stacy Searles on the shoulder and be <laughs> yeah. like, "Put Warren yeah. in there." Put Warren, we're done because he's been because he's been there. Um, yeah. Hasn't played the best at times, but man, uh, we could see one of those two. Um, to your point, I agree about trust, though. I, I think, and I and I also agree that on the flip side, I think some of these other guys that haven't got a chance with Stacy with Stacey Searles' new coaching staff, I think that gives them an opportunity. Um, All right. Well, a 700 minute podcast today, breaking mm. down the offensive depth chart. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Let's do it again. Let's run it back. Let's do it again. We'll talk about the defensive side of the ball. There are no position battles up in the air on the defensive side of the ball, so it should just go quick. I mean, it should be very We don't have quick. anybody to replace. It's, it's, we, all the, it's the same people. All the same people. All right, uh, John, uh, he'll be back tomorrow. Clint and I will be back as well. Join us on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast, and we'll see you guys then. See you.